Candy, where we talk about healing, self-care, love, sex, relationships, and what it takes to be amazing on the daily. Who I am is CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com, and my purpose with this podcast is to create healthy romantic relationships all around the world through self-love, soul connections, and sweetness. But before we get to that, we're here with our production partners, Solivity Magazine and my Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello, Candy. So good to see you. It's good to see you as well. You had a good week this week? Oh, it was fabulous. Ah, We're going to get to talk about it a little bit more. But my Brian is the editor-in-chief of Solivity Magazine, and we are live here every Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern. And you can also watch us at Solivity.com on Solivity TV and subscribe to Solivity Magazine on YouTube so that you can be alerted when we go live. And don't forget to also subscribe to our audio broadcast, Ask for Candy on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you normally download podcasts. Also, you can email me at askforcandypodcast at gmail.com to leave comments and ask questions. And as you know, if you've been listening, I will answer those questions in a later broadcast. Or maybe whatever you email me might become the topic. Actually, tonight's topic is based on an email that I received, which I will be sharing with you as well. But before that, for almost nine years, I have been a relationship coach and a workshop facilitator. And you can go to mywellbeing.com to work with me one-on-one. If you find that during the course of the podcast, things that I say resonate with you, you can actually work with me on them. And I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things to do. I'm also a professional matchmaker with Luma, a luxury matchmaking service that brings high-end singles together to find their perfect love. And this is just me living into my purpose, the purpose of loving myself unconditionally and inspiring others to do the same. And we use our romantic lives as a portal, an inspiration, a catalyst to our highest possible self. That is what our conversation is about. That is what this podcast is all about. Relationship coaching is my zone of genius. And the best part about it is that week to week, I get to grow and learn as I interact with hundreds of people around the most intimate parts of their lives. I get to take people on their journey from caterpillar to butterfly, unhappy with their love lives, to to ecstatic, unhappy with their partners, to happy and satisfied. I get to teach people how to get out of their own way and tap into love as a limitless resource. I do this using tools like EFT, RTT, which is a hypnotherapy, and my own coaching curriculum. Most importantly, of all I get to do is to be part of what supports healthy beginnings and sustainably healthy relationships. I get to be the cause of self-love, soul connections, and sweetness, honey. Brian, tonight's topic, are you ready? Oh, I am ready, ready. Retty. You retty, retty, retty. That's another uh-huh. retty. <laughs> it's good. Tonight's topic is is somewhat of a lady topic, but I feel like there's some man stuff in there too. And you and I right. were, were having a little conversation kind of touching on how it affects men as well. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. um, we're going to d- deep dive into this. Tonight's topic is the bio clock of doom. so tonight i'm talking about what it means to balance the pressures that we put on ourselves based on science circumstance and society and how to not give into these pressures and keep hope alive honey 
Keep it alive. You gotta keep hope alive. I feel like, you know, when it comes to almost anything, <clears throat> when it has societal pressure around it and even scientific pressure around it, and I'm a, I'm a lover of science, I'm a believer in science. So I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, you know, science is bunk. I don't, I'm not, you know, of that, that thinking. But I also think that um, there are possibilities that, are scientific and they have to do with, you know, we've talked about this before, our mindset, right? And the way that we see and think and and create in our lives, how that affects physically what we're capable of doing and what we're able to do, right? So what I want to talk about tonight is the mainly the pressure of procreating and the pressure of, you know, creating some some ideal of what family is that a lot of us uh, have on our shoulders that prevents us from actually being able to create it. And I'm going to talk about my own experience with that. And specifically, I want to talk about this email that I got. Okay. Yeah. So I received an email from one of my clients and I'm going to share it. Those of you who are listening, you know, listen in for where it might resonate with you, because I think a lot of us, you know, I, I, this really resonated with me because at the same age, I was feeling very similarly. And I know that a lot of women in particular go through this. I know that men go through their own sort of, um, you know, uh, societal pressures and things like that. But, you know, listen for where where you hear resonation in this for those of you who are listening at home. So in part of her letter, she says, the thing is she's, she's a matchmaking client. She reached out to me concerned that she hasn't had a match in a little, in a little while. She says, the thing is that my lifelong desire has been to have a family of my own since I lost mine at such a young age. And now that I am turning 40 in a month and the window of time to get married and have children naturally is getting smaller. Oh, now that I am turning 40 in a month, the window of time to get married and have children naturally is getting smaller. Also, my six months package is now at five months and it doesn't look like I will be matched with anyone in November. So then I will be down to four months. December seems to be a tricky month to coordinate calendar. So that's another month lost. And then I am left with only three months. I feel like this is literally my last chance at finding love since I have tried everything else. Might adjusting my criteria help with the matchmaking process? Am I the only one who hears a lot in that, Brian? Do you hear? Do you hear a lot in that? In that? Yeah, my heart goes out to her. Right. <laughs> it really, really does. I think that, um, especially when you're when you as you get older, yeah, um, that the societal things that maybe even your parents kind of taught you about, like what's the right age to where you're supposed to meet this person and you, 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 you get married and you have kids. And it's like this, like, um, uh, my wife was talking about even in Michelle Obama's book becoming, she talks about the plan, right. That everything's on a schedule that by this time I have this, by this time I have that. And by this time I have kids and it goes on and on and on. And my heart was just feeling her because it feels like she's having to let go of the schedule. Of the plan, right? Yeah. And I think, I love that you brought up Michelle Obama and Becoming because I, I sort of remember that passage where she talks about it, but also talks about how, uh, you know, she had to sort of release it going exactly the way that she thought it should go. 
Like, I don't, I don't remember yeah. exactly how she put it, but she did talk yeah. about that. And here's the thing, I, you know, like I, I have a, a sister who very much a planner and planned it all out and had it go. And I do think that that is possible, you know, especially if you, if you are, um, fitting in with what is traditionally expected, right? You get married at a certain age and right, then you have, right. have children when you're, when it's most biologically viable and mm-hmm. you follow all of those rules. And so there's nothing wrong with all of that. Like a lot of people do that. But I think what happens is if for whatever reason you don't do that or you miss a step or you skip something, a lot of times it's easy to end up in a position where you're under that pressure of like, but I still got to do all of these things. Right, right. Right. And I think that's what's going on with her right now, because I don't think she's at a place where it's impossible. She's just getting to a place where where the pressure to do it because she's you know worried about the biological clock is just intensifying right right and so this that, that physical part cuz i think that's the other thing that men need to understand about this just like as you guys go through your cycle every month this is also a part as women get older guys that there's biological things that are happening with women as well and that you have to understand that part yeah and and it it can be overwhelming oh, for women. Absolutely, like the hormonal changes that you're going through, along with the pressure to to fit into whatever it is you feel like you need to fit into. You know, and not that guys don't go through their own thing as well, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Ryan. It can be, and, and I think bit. what's that? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. We'll, do a, whole, we'll do a whole show about men in their <laughs> in their bio clock as well, right? Whatever their whatever their bio clock is about, I feel like it's like you know. As long as I, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't pooped in three days, so my bio clock is. Oh, <laughs> like, <I feel> like <laughs> not to minimize the male experience. I don't want to exclude anybody. Just different. It's just, just different. It's just different. But yeah, so so you felt like I felt like you know my heart really went out to her because that you know what I felt what I feel within her. And she's one of my favorite clients. She's absolutely beautiful. She's very successful. She built a business on her own, and that's what she's been focusing on over the years. And, you know, she's someone who earnestly wants to be really proactive about what she wants to create, you know, because that's what we're taught to do. Right. We work hard and make things happen. Right. And that's how you get what you want. And that's exactly how she built her business Mm. was, you know, coming from nothing and working hard and, you know, built this great business and now is, you know, of really solid financial means. And now she's like, but I still want to have these other things as well. And so you know, what it takes to build businesses and what it takes to achieve certain things, you know, whether it be around your education, you know, things that you can actually set logistics in place, you know, what it takes as a human being in order to get those things done are, it's very different than what it takes to uh, create a family, right? It's very different than what it, what it takes to create, right? To create love in your life. Say that again. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. And what it takes to attract and create love in your life as well, right? Like, I feel like it's a completely different mindset, whereas a lot of people feel like, and I had some some period of time in my life where I felt like it was something that I could achieve just like anything else that I achieved. Right? That there's a, there's a level of accomplishment to it. And, um. Right? Mm, yeah. 
Wow. So I believe that we could have the the love and life that we dream of, but we got to be willing to allow it and know that we don't have to work for it. Like it's not something that you work for. So I, of course, you know, I wrote a list because I always write a list. <laughs> I loved your list. Right. I got to break it down. Because I feel like it's, it's, what, what is that song that you were singing? Was that Hollow Notes? Well, it, it, I'm, I'm messing it up. Kiss is on my list. That's what you were just singing. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss I was trying to do list. a little take on it, but I messed it up. So Paul, mm-hmm. I, my apologies, everyone. It's okay. <laughs> I'm usually on point with it, but, you know. <laughs> So, yeah. So what does it look like if if we're allowing rather than caving under the pressure of society and science and, you know, all the things that are telling us you got to do this thing and you got to get it done. And, um, you know, that there is some way of planning it out. I mean, not that there isn't a way of planning it out or that that is the 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 thing to attach ourselves to, which I actually think that that is the thing, especially as we get older, that can cause a lot of stress and anxiety and you know, actually sabotage our possibility for being able to do it. But I wrote a list about, you know, some things because I've, I've been through this myself. And, you know, the reason that I chose this letter that she wrote me is because it really spoke to my own experience when I was around the same age. And, you know, what it did in my life, as far as my level of desperation for having somebody in my life and who I was choosing based on that level of desperation what I was allowing in my life because I wanted to force something to happen and I was attached to making it happen. And I, and I had a story that my timeline was such that if I didn't force it to happen, that it would be the end of the world, that, um, that it meant everything. Right. Wow. That I could tolerate, um, things that I had no business tolerating, you know, to pay the price to have mm-hmm. those things, to be able to meet with tradition. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you guys who've listened to the show for a while know that I sometimes talk about some of the people that I chose and relationships that I was in that I, I won't say I had no business being in them because they were part of what what grew and transformed me. In hindsight, I look back, I don't regret it. But at the time, I wasn't in those relationships because I wanted to have a healthy relationship. I was in them because I was trying to, trying to make something happen. Like I was trying to make the traditional dream happen. I was caving under the pressure. I was looking at too much social media. I was, you know, comparing myself to others and thinking that I was supposed to have what someone else next to me was was having or what I perceived them to have, right? So here's my list. List of things to do or to be to relieve that pressure so that you can actually make room for what it is that you want in this particular situation. And for anybody out there who is in a space of feeling like they need to have something in their lives, that they're attached to having that thing in their lives, and there's a frustration around not having it, you can use these, this list and also you know, translate it into whatever it is that you're, you're trying to create. So number one for this client who wrote me this email and anyone that it resonates with is to relax about the baby making. And I know that sounds so simplistic, like, and it also may sound like I'm being callous about it, but take it from someone who waited and then struggled and then didn't have biological children 
What would normally be the cautionary tale from someone like myself would be, oh, don't wait, don't wait. You got to do it. You got to do it. But that's the worst advice that you can get. And I had someone tell me that back when I was like, you know, really wanting to make it happen, really wanting to have a baby, like, you know, go ahead while your eggs are still viable. You have to do it. You have to do it. And they added to that, that urgency. They added to that pressure. Right. 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 And so the stress and the worry that, that I was causing myself and that that pressure was causing me when the clock was ticking, it doesn't help. It doesn't help the body to become a, um, a, a safe ground for giving life. Because, you know, a body that's in a state of stress is, is in a state of fight or flight. And so you can't even relax enough to, to be a uh, welcoming host, right? <laughs> <laughs> to give life to. It sounds crazy, but it's true. Like the body, no, it's true. you know, the tensing of the body, the way your, your body functions, you're constantly in a stress state, that anxiety. I actually had a good friend who did have a baby later in life. And, um, you know, she was so stressed out. First of all, she tried for the longest time, you know, using in vitro fertilization and it failed and, you know, all kinds of different methods and different things. And she was really trying to force it to happen. And then the moment they let go, relaxed about it, she got pregnant, 47 years old. But then after she had the baby, she was so stressed out about the care of the baby and what she needed to do and making sure she could breastfeed and things like that, that, that the stress itself caused her milk to dry up and she couldn't feed the baby anymore, naturally. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then she had to find alternatives. So, so we have to be real cognizant of when we desire something, when we want something, like having a baby, how, how the way we attach to it can have our body reacting in a way that makes it impossible. Right? When we start putting that pressure on ourselves, not only can it cloud our ability to, to be healthy, but also to healthfully connect with a potential partner in parenthood, right? Because right. if I'm stressed out and I'm trying to make this thing happen, I'm trying to make a relationship happen, I'm trying to make sure that you're the guy or make you the guy who's going to, you know, impregnate me, which is where I was. It's like, you're, right. you're going to be like, oh, you're not going to be, okay, you're going to be that guy. I'm going to make you fit. <laughs> right, right. You know, and there's no health in that. And so... um, you know, it, it, it does uh, subsequently uh, affect our ability to be able to procreate and to be able to have it be the experience that it's really meant to be or that it could possibly be, which is a positive experience. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, the cautionary tale is not to hurry up and make it happen. You know, from being on the other side of it, the cautionary tale is to just relax and vibe and trust that it will happen. And that's right. one thing that I was never able to do. To, you know, to trust that it will happen or that it's possible, trust that it's something that if it's for me, it's for me. And also these days, we can also freeze eggs and, you know, in vitro, if you have the means, adopt. Here's the thing. If you truly want to be a mother or even a father, your children will find their way through you or to you. Mm. I like that. Right? If, if being a parent is something that you truly want on this earth, your children will find their way through you or to you. You know, Candy, as you were talking about this, um, especially with people's thinking about procreation, mm -hmm. one thing that I keep thinking about is where, where did the hurry up come from? 
Mm-hmm. Where did the initial socialization that women are supposed to have mm-hmm. children when they're young, mm-hmm. right? And this has been something that my part of the species has been putting forth on women forever. Yeah. Where, for instance, going back to the days of colonial America and even before this, but slave owners wanted the women to have more children so they could have more slaves. Mm-hmm. Right. And then work, work the fields later when even black people had farming and that kind of thing, they needed laborers. So the best way to produce laborers was for the wives to have children. (laughs) And that's why the age of people getting married and having children was so young. I mean, you're talking 17, 18 yeah. and 19 was the, was the norm. Definitely. Even 14, even 14. Exactly. 15, yeah. Because you could have, you know, you know, six, seven year old could be out there doing some work. Yeah. And so I just want to bring that part up because I think it kind of helps put things in context yeah. specifically with women that are, you know, you're not on the farm working. <laughs> you're you're a lot of women that you're talking about are professional women. Yes. They have jobs and careers and that kind of thing. And they do not have to operate off of an archaic male dominated and male specific ideology around when a woman's supposed to have children. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to make sure get that part out there too. There's, there's it. This just didn't pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. That men specifically were the ones who were placing pressure upon women to have children early, so there could be enough people in the family to do stuff. And then it later became just a, a source of pride for men. Oh, you have a big family. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. But well, but. I- Absolutely. Yeah. That, that element is there. Right. And also, you know, in, in uh, pre-generational times and what our ancestors had to deal with as far as people of color, there's that whole layer there, like what you were talking about during slavery of just being bred like animals. But then also there's there's just, um, you know, pre-generationally, you think before the women's movement, uh, most of what women had to do was to be mothers. Right. Like that, right. That was right. Main, right. Your main function, yes, because it was a patriarchal society, but but also because biologically that's what we we're built for, <laughs> right? So that's <laughs> right. You got in. the tools, right? You got the tools, so you're going to have to be the one to do it, right? And I think now, you know, what we're what we're dealing with now is, you know, yes, we're in a new time where, you know, obviously, you know, women are much more accomplished than they've ever been before, and the possibilities for how far we can go. Um, you know, continue to expand. And with that said, we also have to be be open to how that's going to evolve our fertility, our um, abilities, and, you know, what makes sense as far as having and raising children. Because a lot of times, and I know for me, I was still stuck in a very traditional, um, you know, what my father taught us, me and my two sisters, or, you know, be, grow up and be wives, find someone to marry, have children, 
and it's a very Christian structure. It's a very, you know, it's Bible based. It's, you know, it's what he knew, you know, that that's just what you do. So a lot of my desire, I had to come to terms with the fact that a lot of my desire had more to do with what I thought I was supposed to do that I didn't do. Right. Feeling like, oh, because I spent all that time uh, pursuing my career and being centered around, you know, what I could accomplish that I missed out on something that I really was supposed to do. And then all of a sudden I got to a certain age where it's like, oh, well, I can't not do that now. It's almost like I had a, a story in the back of my mind, like I was doing something wrong if I didn't do it. You get what I'm saying? Like, like I feel like it, it, it's become ingrained in us, but yet our mm -hmm. society has changed. So obviously we don't have to, to, we're overpopulated. We don't have to breed because, you know, we need people. And very few, few of us, I mean, there are people out there who live on farms and it's probably still lucrative to have some kids who'll work the farms. But, you know, that's not necessarily so much what is in, in the modern age anymore. Right. But we still have that old thinking of, you know, traditionally what we're supposed to do. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So you're saying relax. Relax. Relax about it. Because, you know, in essence, and this is not to say, you know, the desire to be a mother or wanting to be a mother that you can just like be like, oh, no, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that th you got to be willing to think about what story you're telling yourself about why it's important to you. And are you attached to trying to fit into a traditional mold? Or if it's something that you do really want to have happen, are you open to all the possibilities for how it can happen? Or are you attached to the, it having to happen one way? And if you are, we always got to be willing to ask ourselves, why am I like, why I had to ask myself, why am I so attached to physically having a child? You know, I did want to have that experience. So I had a few miscarriages based on trying to force that to happen, right? And so what it what it got me clear on, first of all, I'm naturally a mother. So I have people that, that they need mothering. I'm there to mother them. I love to take care of people, cook for people, mentor them, teach them, inspire them. You know, whatever I can do to help people grow and learn, that's what I like to do. And that's who I am. I get to do it every day, all the time. And I didn't necessarily have to sacrifice the physical part of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I had to, and I, here's the thing. There are a lot of women out there that snap back after they have babies and things like that. But, you know, I look back and I'm, I'm okay with the fact that it didn't have to be a biological thing. I'm okay with that because the, the outcome that I really wanted was to be able to say that I've, I'm a caretaker. To, that's why I have a dog. I'm a caretaker to someone <laughs> at all times. <laughs> at all times, I'm in some, some level of mode of overflowing onto someone in that way. And that's what was important to me about being a mother. And that's what I had to get clear about so that I could relax about the rest of it. You know, so that I could relax about, you know, fitting into tradition and things like that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Number two. We're only on number one, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> number two thing is to throw out your calendar. So if you, you guys notice in the letter that I was reading, she talked a lot about her timeline, the timeline for her matchmaking package, because she wants to, you know, fill that up. So that she can make sure that she meets this husband to make sure that she gets pregnant in time. And, you know, she's turning 40 soon. And so that's another thing that I did to myself. Another thing that we do to ourselves. We have this timeline, this calendar. 
And the thing about it is that we don't get to determine when we are ready for the person who is for our highest good. We don't get to determine that. But what is within our power is to be the person that is for our highest good. Mm. Right? So that's what alone time is about. So whether it's that you're waiting in between dates or you haven't dated for a while or you just ended a relationship, you know, and you're getting to an age where you're feeling like, but I'm supposed to be in this, you know, committed relationship and I'm not and you're beating yourself up. This is your time to to be within your power and be the person that is for your highest good to be in relationship with yourself. And so if you're not taking that time, valuing that time, relishing that time, because you're focused on trying to meet points in a calendar, you, you kind of steal that time away from yourself. Right. It's the value, the value. We need to value the time that we have to be alone and reflect and be in relationship with self and release the disempowering belief that we can force our person to happen. We can manipulate people into our lives, absolutely, because that's exactly what I did. We can force people into our lives, definitely. But we got to release the idea that we can force that person who is for our highest good. Because when we're forcing people into our lives, we're, it's, we're coming from the limits of what we know, right? And the price is much higher than the reward. Because once you start to learn that person and realize that it is someone that you, you controlled into your situation based on being attached to making something happen and then start having the consequences of that. I hear somebody talking in the background, Brian. I don't know. Is that, is that Sasha talking? <laughs> I can hear her in the background. I don't know what <laughs> But... Um, what was I saying? So yeah, like the, the forcing of people in our lives, that's how we end up in one bad relationship after another, because we're not allowing the, ourselves to attract from, from, you know, being, being our own highest possible self, being our, our own best partner. What we're doing is we're looking for somebody else to come in and fill us up and to give us those things that we've decided that we want, whether it be a baby, a family, whatever. You know, we really got to be in a, in a space of being willing to fill ourselves up. And when we develop a re healthy relationship with ourselves, we vibe like we have a healthy relationship with ourselves. And that's when we get to attract similarly. And you don't want to be creating a parent partnership with someone who is not vibing high, who is expecting parenting to be something that gives to them rather than something that they're giving, right? I always talk about filling ourselves up to overflow. You got to fill yourself up to overflow in order to attract someone who knows how to fill themselves up to overflow rather than trying to force somebody into your life to fill a hole that they can never fill. And then you'd then have a baby and have the expectation on the baby that the baby fill the holes that neither one of you were able to fill. <laughs> and people do it all the time. I'm not saying it's not possible, but you know, when we, when we have the valuable time, it's an opportunity to have it be, a much better experience or a much different experience if we allow it. Right? And we get to spend alone time being who we want to be with. Like if I know I want an experience in my life as far as relationship and things like that, when I'm not worried about what's on the calendar or how fast it happens or when it's got to happen by, I get to spend time alone being who it is that I want to be with. And learning, you know, who I need to be, what I, what I need to be in a relationship. 
um, in order to experience all of those things for that kind of attraction. So throw out the calendar. You don't need the calendar. You don't, you know, it's divine right timing, whatever you believe in, whether you believe in God, the universe, or, you know, just humanity, there is a timing to everything. And without our ability to allow for the timing, we are limited to what it is we can control, which is not very much, right? Number three, number three, and then um, we can take a little bit of a break, Brian, because I don't want to fire hose the people. <laughs> <laughs> number three we'll, well after number three we'll do a little commercial okay so number three give yourself some clarity and it's like what i was talking about earlier do you really want what you say you want so i don't know if you heard in the letter that my beautiful client wrote she mentioned losing her family at a young age and therefore wanting a family of her own so she lost her family at a young age and, you know, just from knowing her, I know that she's done some work around that. And by work, I mean healing and therapy and things like that. But a lot of times when we feel like we didn't have something or we have a story that whatever we had wasn't good enough, we make up in our mind that whatever we create will be the thing that will fix it. Or that it'll be so amazing that it won't matter that we didn't have this other thing. Or, you know, if our family was dysfunctional, if I go and create my own family, there won't be any dysfunction in that family. So then it'll, I can heal it that way. But, you know, we kind of fool ourselves with that because it's not really true. <laughs> <laughs> There's a saying that they say in AA, wherever you go, there you are. And what that means is, you know, if wherever you're at is not workable or whatever you have is not workable, Going, trying to go off, and, and you know this is in the realm of relationships, trying to go off and have it someplace else without fixing healing or, or focusing on you know where you originated from, it, you know, you're not going to be able to find it because it's really about self-fulfillment and self-healing and, and healing it for yourself first, right? To be able to attract something different. You're going to keep attracting the same kinds of things. So you can come from a dysfunctional family and then give birth to a dysfunctional family, which is what people often do, right? But if you give yourself the gift of clarity of, you know, why do I feel like I want this thing? Am I just trying to fit in with tradition? Um you know, is it because I feel like other people, whether it be my own children or a partner is going to provide a source for happiness, validation, achievement, or belonging? You know, sometimes we make up what a family is supposed to be or, or what it's supposed to look like and imagine that it's what we should have. Like we have this idea of what it means to have a family and that's what we should have. But if we're not already giving ourselves those things, if we're not already giving ourselves happiness, validation, uh, you know, acknowledging our own achievement and, and our own sense of belonging, if we don't have those things, a family won't be able to give us those things. If we can't generate those things, you know, within whatever family structure that we have or don't have or, or have created, let's say, with friends or whatever, we're not going to be able to give birth to a family that has those things. So, you know, you want to be really clear about why do I say that I want to have this family when most of my adult life has not aligned with having a family. Because clearly, I mean, I know for me, there was at least a good solid couple of decades where I was avoiding that sort of thing and, you know, spoke very often about my lack of interest in having a family. 
And what I had to do once it clicked over and I started to feel like, oh, well, wait, maybe something's wrong if I don't have a family. Maybe this is what I should be doing. You know, this would be the right thing to do. I had to ask myself, well, why am I saying those things? And, and until I was able to ask myself, I wasn't able to recognize that I'm only saying it because I think I'm supposed to. I think that's what I'm supposed to have. I'm making myself wrong for not having it. If I believe that I need something because something in my life is lacking, I'm not providing myself the love and acceptance that I have decided I so desperately need from others. And if I'm not providing it for myself, I'm definitely not going to be able to provide it in a family, to make a family or for a family, right? So yeah, give yourself some clarity. So what do we have so far? So far, we're relaxing about the baby making, we're throwing out the calendar, and we're allowing ourselves to have some clarity around what it is that we really want. And we're going to come back and do the other two on the list. So we're back and we're talking about some of the things to do to relieve the pressure of the bio clock of doom. Some of the things to consider just to, uh, you know, free our minds, free ourselves to be able to actually create the things that we want without having to um, compromise and force and be in a state of worry and all of that stuff. So number four, so far, well, let's just recap real quick. Number one was um, relax about the baby making, throw out your calendar, give yourself some clarity. And then number four is to watch your thoughts. It's very, very important. I talk about this all the time, our thoughts and our words uh, you know, a, as a product of our beliefs are what dictate our actions and our ways of being. It's what, um, you know, what our body reacts to. It's what our experience will be. So in my client's letter, the letter that I read earlier, she's for forecasting a very bleak future. She's already decided there's not going to be dates in November. She's not going to have dates in December because of the holidays. And, you know, then she's not going to have but three months to find this man of her dreams in order to make sure that she gets pregnant on the timeline that she chooses and that this is her last resort. So all of that language cuts off any other possibility. And I always tell wow. all, all my, right? And I always tell all my matchmaking clients that, you know, one thing about when we work together is that I am not attached to you finding your soulmate through me. What I do is I provide people for you to not only be practicing your your dating and learning people and intimacy um and the hope is that you do find somebody that you end up wanting to stay with and be with. But it, it, you're in a holistic practice in your life, whether you're working with a matchmaker or not, when you want to have a relationship and you want to start something. So if your thinking is very limiting and you have all these like, you know, bleak premonitions about how it's going to go, that's exactly what you're going to create for your experience. So between her premonitions and her timeline for how things have to go, it's like she's stirring up this stress elixir. That's just going to sabotage her whole game, her whole experience, her whole situation. And what happens is the stress and the pressure, you know, it starts to play with our logic about things. And we start to, you know, worry and get anxious. And that worry and that anxiety starts to reek of desperation. And you know how when you've met someone who wants something from you and you know it and, you, and we can smell desperation on each other. Don't you think so, Brian? Don't you feel like absolutely, <laughs> absolutely? I mean that you know the whole, um, you know you, that 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 
desperateness. Oh, I, I gotta have this. Gotta and have then, it. and then you start projecting onto situations that may not be healthy for you. Th- making yourself think, Oh, well, that's the one that's, yeah. that's the person I need to be with to make all this happen. Totally. It's just, it's a tragedy waiting to happen. It's a tragedy or it's, you know, it's w- when we get obsessive, when we get attached oh, yeah. to people, right? We, you know, we let people, you know, treat us badly because we're willing to compromise. It's just, you know, we're in a just a state of like, it's that desperation state because I'm telling myself that I have to make it happen by this certain time. Uh, you know, w- w- these particular things aren't in order. And so I got to make up for it. I'm seeing a very bleak future of non-possibility. So, so I've got to take control of it. It's a very uh, destructive state as far as what's possible in our relationships. And so, you know, it's like, like for example, she's like, if I'm turning 40 in a month and I want to have a husband and kids in two years and I don't have a date lined up right now, everything is going to go south and I'm going to end up dying alone. Like, that's kind of how it, how it plays out, right? Yeah, that, that convincing yourself that, oh, you got, I, I don't have, the, 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 the clock is ticking. Yeah. And you know, I, it's a bit, yeah. I was there. I mean, I, have you ever, like, Brian, I know it may not be around, like, having kids and stuff like that, but do you ever remember a time in your life where you you decided you needed to have something or do something so badly that you started to feel, like, like desperate thoughts and, and then had desperate behavior behind it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you and you compromise your, you compromise everything. Yeah. Your morals, your values, everything. Totally. To try to make that thing happen that you think is going to be the end all and solve everything. Yeah. And then if you don't compromise, then you go into like some sort of depression as if, you know. Right. Right. Because it's not going to happen that, you know, that it's the end of the world. Right. It's like a self. And you have to move through that. Yeah. I mean, because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Desperate thoughts, desperate behavior. And, you know, whatever comes out of desperate, desperate behavior is, is what we end up getting. That's what we end up experiencing. And whatever we believe is exactly what we create. If you believe yes. that it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If you don't believe it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Or if it does happen, you'll never recognize it because you'll be so busy being in your, in your limiting belief. And our words and actions are products of our belief. So if I convince myself that I'm racing against a clock to manage things that are largely out of my control, I'm setting myself up for disastrous letdowns. And so, you know, rather than, um, you know, uh, letting those beliefs creep in and take over and be in charge, the invitation is to consider how much patience and faith I am offering to a situation that if I were to create it would, would require even more patience and faith. Right? Mm. Anybody who's ever been in a family knows that patience and faith are your two best friends. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Ah, hallelujah. Right. And I may not biologically be a mother, but I know that patience and faith are, enormously important when it comes to surviving the demands of motherhood or growing a family or building a family or being in a family. And if you won't even allow patience and faith in your beginning steps in the creation of it, then, you know, how are you going to be able to offer it to an entire family? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. 
So yeah, that's number four. Watch your thoughts, people. Watch Better them watch thoughts. them thoughts. Watch them thoughts. Love those thoughts. Just, you know, when they come up, when they creep up, all those fears and anxieties, say, thank you very much. I am taking over. I will now be at the head of the table. And I have chosen to believe that it is possible. Right? I am enough in red lipstick on your mirror and keep it moving. Because it is a product of, all of it is a product of your belief. And then number five. Number five is to enjoy the journey. So this goes back to, you know, what I was talking about before about, uh, you know, once you start from the beginning and why I was talking about patience and faith from the beginning, it's that, you know, this, this, all of it is a journey, right? So for some people it's, it's short and for some people it's long, but as soon as the, whatever it is that we're looking to create comes to fruition, then, you know, there's the next steps to take because you know you don't ever get it done i mean once we stop desiring the next step then that means life is over so rather than be so attached to what the outcome is going to be and actually uh sabotaging our experience of of getting there the idea is to be where you are and enjoy it so that you can attract the next thing and continue to be where you are and enjoy it so this one encompasses all of what I said previously, but also we want to keep in mind how difficult life can be when we're worried about forcing an outcome. Life is so much more difficult when we worry about an outcome. Uh, uh, right? <laughs> uh, when we when we we labor and ruminate over things that haven't happened based on things that no longer exist anymore, it's like, you know, it's a very difficult experience. And so, right, if you've ever watched kids, like when they play on the playground and how no one gets hurt or angry until something doesn't go their way, <laughs> right? No, right. One, no one That's cries, no, one get, no one's feelings are hurt, no one's mad until something doesn't go their way. Up until that moment, they're having an amazing time. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Right? Yep. And if they all came to the playground assuming that they're going to fall off the swings and it's going to hurt, worried that at some point they're going to have to stop playing, or if they came to the playground avoiding interaction with each other like or with other kids because they don't look or, or act like someone they'd want to play with tomorrow, they would have a pretty shitty time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. They'd come looking like football players to the playground every single day. Right? But a losing team. And they'd yeah. be like like a bunch of small, sad sack adults. But that is what we do, especially in the dating realm, when we want to have families, we want to have these relationships, we want to create families, is that we avoid interacting with certain people because they don't look or act like that person, whatever we're imagining. We're worried about, you know, running out of time. We're worried about our biological clock. We're worried about, you know, making it happen. And we're assuming that things are going to fail or, or that I'm going to get hurt or that it's going to go badly. That's exactly how we approach dating and mating and, and loving each other. And then we wonder why we have the experiences that we have. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that we all do that. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't know why this keeps happening to me. Yeah. 
But we do it not only, you know, with our dating life and, and, you know, granted, we're adults, so we've experienced some things. And so we've let the past sort of build up and inform how we view things in life. Right. right? So, right. of course, that is the difference between adults and kids. But, the, you know, the idea here is to be, be you know, allowing yourself to revert back to a time when you knew how to go, excuse me, from a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Right? Where you, mm-hmm. And that's what kids do. That's a good point. That's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're geniuses at it. I yeah, there, there, there are things that we need to do that we can learn from the child inside of us. Yeah. You know, that it's not all just reactive. But there are some things, you know, living, living life from a, from a place of awe and wonder. Awe and wonder and in the moment and open to whatever is possible and not reacting to things that haven't happened yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> adults, we'd be, bare, we'd be you know, okay, this may happen uh, six days, five hours, and 23 seconds from now. So I'm going to protect myself from that moment that may never come yeah. in the future state because <laughs> it will really hurt me bad. Right? No, it's true. It's true. I mean, we've all done it. I've done it. I know you've done it too. You know, you know, really good stuff. Candy. I'm yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. This is really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, what it all comes down to is just our own willingness to, to, um, just have a lot of faith in, in knowing that the desires that we have, those desires, they do exist for a reason. Absolutely. And, you know, when we're willing to make peace with them and just be an allowance for how we can be inspired to take action or be an allowance for how things that we want to create might not look exactly how we've envisioned them, Um, you know, just be open to how the reason we desire things is because we want to experience certain things. You know, when we want something, it's usually because we feel like life is going to be better because of the having of them. You know, when we desire things, it's because, you know, we're telling ourselves something about, uh, you know, that this thing is going to either make me happy or make me accomplished or like I was saying earlier, make me feel like I belong, make me feel like I've achieved. And so the offering here is that all of happiness, fulfillment, achievement, belonging, you already have all of it. You already have all of it. And you can want to have a family. You can want to uh, give birth to biological children. You can want all of those things. But the invitation is that in the wanting of them, understand that um, you're, you're a vessel for your desire and, and that you don't necessarily have control over how those things will come to fruition for your highest good. Right. You might have control over how you can make some of those things happen um, sometimes, but it's not guaranteed. And so the, the invitation is to just take inspired action, do what you know to do and be in a space of allowance and patience and faith and continually reminding yourself that it's not, you know, you're not in control of certain things and that's okay. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We forget to do that so much. We forget to do that all the time because that's what all of this is about. 
And don't get me started on our my whole thing about, you know, that we're these souls running around in these human suits and it's really just about experiencing everything. And, you know, this is that's another big, show. That's another show. This is our big playground, right? <laughs> this is our big play. I mean, even, you know, well, we get so serious true. about I things agree. like politics and, you know, even this pandemic and all of that stuff and death. You know, not that, that death is not serious. It doesn't impact people and things like that. But we get so caught up in our human experience as a, a, a zero-sum game rather than, you know, this is what I'm here for. I'm here for the pain. I'm here for the, for the pleasure. I'm here to experience all of it. It's part of being human. And then we try to control it. And then we try to manage it and make sure that it goes a certain way. And that's when we get into trouble. Uh-huh. Right? By trying uh-huh. to manipulate it. But yeah, like I said, happiness and fulfillment is yours right now. If you won't let yourself experience them now, there's nothing that you can create or achieve that will help you experience them later. It's experiencing them in like right now. My dog's experiencing his own happiness. Exactly. Right, Tucker. <laughs> like, That's what? right, Tucker. Right? That was his little he, amen. That was, him, that was a dog's way of saying, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> right? We want to get ourselves out of that idea that there's something external of us, whether it be family, having a biological baby, meeting the love of our life having the dream house, buying it, that it is going to be the thing that's going to bring us the happiness and fulfillment. It's the happiness and fulfillment that we can generate right now that's going to attract those things in a way that's healthful and for our highest good. And that's the whole message. That's the whole massage. Wow. For the evening. Yeah. I like it. Oh, good. I'm glad, Brian. Tell I like your friends. it. I mean, you know, this. these are... I love the fact that all of these for me, all came back to who do you want to be? Yeah. You get to decide that. Absolutely. Where, who do you want to be? And what does that being this represent? And from all these wonderful, this wonderful list you gave, you know, starting with just relax, relax the baby making <laughs> thoughts, just relax. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just relax about all of Throw it. Throw out the calendar. <laughs> Give yourself some clarity. Yeah. Watch your thoughts and enjoy the journey. I mean, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And all of it comes down to what is it that I'm always teaching, Brian? What do I always say that the ultimate message is? Love. Love. Love yourself. Right. Like yep. this is this is you know, especially when you're in a space of anxiety, and this is not just around needing to have a baby, whatever it is that you're trying to create or that you want to love yourself through it, relax mm-hmm. all that all that stuff, that list that I made, those are all the ways that you love yourself, you fill yourself up so that you can overflow onto others because when we and I'm, I'm listening, oh, I'm good. listening, candy, oh good, so I can, mean, I am you know, look this the beauty of again, enjoy the journey, yeah. We can always perfect ourselves. Yes. We can always improve, you know, because I believe that we are spiritual beings living a human existence, yes. right? And that in the human part of us, like you just said, this is a playground. And so as human beings, we, we get to do do-overs. We get to create new normals. Yeah. <laughs> we get to do all that. Absolutely. And, you know... I enjoy these shows with you so much because you remind me of all those things that I need to do 
on an ongoing basis, even though some of the topics like this is more, you know, um, you know, the clock and the bio clock, these are still things that, that can be applied to other things yes. that we have attachments to. Yeah, totally. So, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. 100%. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's came through me and, you know, not just to me, but through me. And through my like, own experiences. Like right? collard greens. Like collard greens, honey. It just came on through me. <laughs> but, you know, that's and that's why I had the experiences I had, so that I could be able to be a vessel for the, for the message about it. Exactly. But yeah. But, yeah, so that's, that's it as far as that. I want everybody out there to know about the Epic Circle, an online healing circle for women yes. everywhere. Every Monday night we come together as a community. And we'll be causing personal transformation when it comes to communication, forgiveness, self-love, mother-daughter relationships, purpose, friendships, just all the tools we need to be as big as we were meant to be. And I talk about a lot of the stuff that I talked about tonight, because sometimes that biological clock conversation comes up as well, and the desires of our heart and all of that stuff. And so we're well into collective number two, but anyone is welcome to begin at any time because we cycle the, the curriculum around over and over again. And the first session is free. So if you want to come out and find out, become a member, join us on Meetup. It's called the Epic Circle. Thank you so much, Solivity Magazine, my Brian. Oh, you, you know how we do. Yes, I appreciate you. I want you to follow us on Instagram at Solivity Magazine, at Ask for Candy Podcast, and at Candy Love Coach. And that is it, my people. Thank you for listening, everybody who joined us on the Facebook and everyone who joins us later on. Until next time, never forget that you are a love machine. If you ever start to feel like you aren't getting the love you need, just make more and ask for candy. candy. I love ya. Bye now. I call my sugar.